deep shot. He's got the touchdown. And Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. If you're new to the show, thanks for being here. Feel free to give us a follow at Bucks Banter on Twitter and visit our website, BucksBanter.ca, if you want to check out any of our written content, that is. As always, we'll be sharing the video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel, so just, just search Bucks Banter on YouTube. If you like what you hear, feel free to like and subscribe. With not so much going on in the NFL these days, we've decided to get an early start on previewing each division in the NFL. So today we will be covering the AFC South. To do this, I am joined, as I most often am, by the wonderful Bodan Yard and the exuberant Scott Capron. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Feel good, man. man. How are you? Good, you know, looking forward to diving into one of these divisions, getting a head start on that. Uh, I've been I've been called a lot of things. Exuberance is new, but I'll take it. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, yeah. This I'm, is my first my first uh, vaccinated pod, so I, I am actually feeling wonderful and invincible at that. So thanks. Amazing. Amazing. Also, your first pod as a married man. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, let's. Thanks let's for putting that out there, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you. No, you. That's it's okay. I know the fans have been sliding know. the DMs, and I haven't. I've been kind of on the fence, but now, yes, I am taking. So. Oh well, I mean, yeah. this is just saving you time. This is just saving you response time. Right? <laughs> now, now it's easy. Yeah, you're set. You're set. You're good. Yeah, a lot of thanks, but no thanks coming out of my DMs. <laughs> yeah, don't be offended, ladies, if uh, yeah. Bono's ball isn't isn't responding. Uh, all right, well, let's get into it. Before we uh, dive into the AFC South preview, um, we got to just quickly hit, hit, hit up the fans with uh, what's up with the Bucks. So what is going on with the Bucks? I'm going to keep this one extremely brief because I want to leave time to talk about the AFC South preview and because we'll be on the air Monday uh, where we can talk a little more Bucks on our Bucks Report show. That's Monday night at 7 p.m. Um, check out Bucks Report on Twitter or Facebook because that's where our show will be broadcasted. Um, so Antonio Antonio Brown, AB, finally inked his deal with the Bucks after uh, having a minor knee procedure. Things got held up a little bit, and uh, lots of people were throwing their hands in the air saying, why hasn't he signed? Why hasn't he signed? Well, he's signed now. One-year deal, $3 million guaranteed. He can make just over $6 mil if he uh, meets his incentives. So. I mean, Jason Light continues to work magic and at bring literally – like, it's unreal. Um, so that's fantastic news. Um, and then the only – sorry, did you did you want to chime in on AB? No, I, no, I was literally just going to say, I mean, I wonder how hot the market was going to be for him after, you know, being on a winning team. He didn't really cause any um, – trouble or anything as a buck right for that one for this past season um i mean obviously didn't not the same production that we're used to from him but that wasn't really expected given all the weapons they had but i mean i guess he i had best offer best situation three million for tampa why the hell not right 
Yeah, I think AB is going to have a more productive year this year. Just, yeah. you know, same offense, getting used to everything, knowing, knowing it works in Tampa. I'm expecting him to have a solid year for sure. Um, in too, I don't know. Like, totally. You just kind of, so there's something, there has to be something to that, the comfort level and, and everything. I mean, hey, they, they won, but I, I, I mean, say what you want about AB. I'm not a, <laughs> Wouldn't say I'm a fan, but for three million, that talent and obviously has a rapport with Brady, like for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of the teams, in fact, probably all of the teams in the division we're profiling today, the AFC South, would have paid more than that to bring in Antonio Brown because I think they all could have used him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then the only the only other Bucks thing I want to hit on. Um, Tom Brady has been kind of a vocal advocate amongst the players in terms of uh, wanting them to stay away from team facilities, which is interesting and, you know, somewhat contentious, obviously, with the potential for players to get hurt away from the facility and then, you know, ultimately sacrifice their guaranteed money, um, if that, are, which we've seen happen. Um, what's his name? The guy for the Broncos? Do you guys remember? I was just him? thinking about that. It was off the tip uh, of my tongue. Yeah, there's a few guys where that's happened to. Regardless, offensive tackle, I think. But um, so so he's he's in the last year of his deal too. So he's he's given up a lot of money. So you can understand why, especially younger players on rookie deals and things like that, would want to be involved. But um, Brady is has been against that. But anyway, the cool thing about this is Brady, Antonio Brown, Godwin, and a bunch of the other veterans were actually given keys to the facility to organize their own workouts bruce arian was like arians was like we're gonna clear out for you guys just do your workout here use our shit if something happens that'll be like you were here um which i think is super cool on a number of levels not only for arians to go out of his way to accommodate them but also um for those guys to take them up on the offer i think it just shows you know we're we're working we want to be here and we'll happily take advantage of all the facilities at one buck place um so yeah. i thought that was just cool yeah i just pulled you're... up the guy uh so like the repercussions the risk for the nfl players obviously is huge uh no, broncos offensive tackle Jawan james Juwan cut james. by the broncos yeah. after tearing his achilles forfeiting That's 10 million dollars of his base salary uh just so rough okay. right because it, it's not only the money that he loses there is that you're not really Coming back from Achilles injury is basically the end of every athlete's career, besides Dominique Wilkins. So, um, yeah, it's just so tough. Yeah, and think about like an offensive that size too. Exactly. Sorry, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. Not no, not just the size. Of course, that's a huge factor. But think about it; they're always on their heels as an offensive tackle against the most powerful athletic men on the planet. So I feel like that's that's just such an exceptional stress on your Achilles tendon specifically. Um, but shit, that's pr- pretty prior nice. to this prior to this guys are probably thinking I'm doing the right thing, staying ready on in the off season, like right. going the extra mile where my team like would appreciate something like this. So it's super rough to see that. Yeah. Would have been cool. Yeah, exactly. for the, Being proactive and, yeah. It would have been cool for the Broncos to throw him a bone and be like, here's, here's, two million dollars or some shit yeah we're gonna have to cut you i don't know i guess that's a different world and this is a business and nfl teams have 
wanted players in the facility, right? So this is kind of yeah. why they, they've said, you know, yeah, like come on, Elway. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a bit of a callback. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not Elway now. Jesus. Eat <laughs> into me. All right. I got it. I got it. Uh, George Patton. Yeah. Seriously. George Patton. Brutal. Brutal for Juwan James. It's awful. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's talk about the captivating AFC South, shall we, gentlemen? Oh, I'm so glad this is the first one because I think I'm going to watch the least of this division. Oh, well, the, I feel like we get so many Thursday nighters between these these four teams, don't you think? Like, can't you yeah. picture Week Two Titans or uh, Jags Colts or something like that? Like, I can literally see it in my head. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I guess let's get the Texans out of the way first. Um, okay. New general manager coming from New England, Nick Casario, just had his first draft. Uh, new head coach, David Culley, who's an Andy Reid disciple, as so many coaches are in the league now. It's pretty wild. Um, I mean, the Texans have a great chance to be the worst team in the NFL this year. In fact, I'd probably be surprised if they're not. Not sure what you yeah. guys think about that. They're in the running. Uh, they're in the running. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I would say, yeah, I, I'm going to guess that they're probably the worst team in the league. Like, they – you just said that Nick Casario had his first draft. Did he? Because he had, like, how many picks? Like, three or four? Yeah. Didn't have his first until the third round. Like, super rough. Yeah, he didn't even – Texans didn't even have his phone. Didn't even have his phone turned on <laughs> yeah. until Saturday. Yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Bill O'Brien is allowed back in the city of Houston ever again for um, for, for what he's left behind. Yeah, no yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, like, if we're looking at their strengths and weakness, strengths and weaknesses for this team, uh, the only strength I have written down for the Texans is that they don't have Bill O'Brien anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, by yeah, their entire everything else is a weakness. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. think he was like uh, when I think of. Um, bad in-game coaches, I wouldn't necessarily say he comes to top of mind. Like, I feel like he's probably middle of the, like, middle tier kind of guy. But to put all the personnel on him and some of the moves, or, like, put that on his plate, some of the moves he made are just totally indefensible. Like, getting rid of Hopkins for uh, somehow already washed up David Johnson, whatever it was. I think it was a third-round pick. It's just, like, yeah, I... I don't know, man. To me, that's just um, – those are two different jobs, and you just have to have two people that are in concert together to actually get it going. But to have one guy do it all, like, good luck. I, and, I don't know, perfect example. Couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, it's yeah. it's an, it's absurd to, to ask someone to want to do that or for someone to think they're capable of it. I mean, I guess every coach wants uh, control. Yeah. But it's constantly a conflict of interest in your own head, right? He's thinking as the head coach. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't care. We need to get DeAndre Hopkins out of here. Like this is bad for the team. So he just takes like a, what a second round pick and David Johnson. Like that's one of the worst trades that I can recall in the NFL. But it, it, what? what are even the, what are the examples of successful, um, you know, joint responsibilities like this? Belichick? It's just, yeah, but is that, even, yeah, Belich. Okay. Well, fair. That's, but that's an outlier. One. That's a That's huge outlier. outlier. Yeah. Are you yeah. sure they went into it giving Bill Bell, uh, Bill O'Brien that uh, 
power saying, okay, you're basically Belichick. We want you to be Belichick. Like, obviously that's not going to work out whenever you're going into a situation saying, okay, I want you to be more like Bill Belichick. It's like, well, I'm not yeah. that guy. You know what? It's also no. a problem with, let's say you bring in a new coach like Bill O'Brien and he kind of pays some immediate dividends and everything you see is positive in that first year or two. Um, and maybe he had a big hand in drafting Deshaun Watson or whatever. I'm not sure how that timeline works, but you, you can't, you can't, you have to look big picture because just as quickly as a coach can appear to have all the answers early on, um, yeah. the long-term sustainability of those decisions can so quickly come into question. And that's clearly what's sure. happening in Houston. And they got, you know, they gave him all the reins because they were convinced they were sold and things fell apart pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and once again, like, I don't feel like Deshaun has been all right. Well, we got to be careful with our wording, I guess, and, and decide how we're going to discuss the whole Deshaun Watson scenario here. But I don't think he's been grossly misused or anything as a player since he's come into the league, which is, you know, a testament to, to O'Brien and the Texans in general, but they haven't won much and they're not, they haven't put much around him now, whether or not we'll see how much, uh, you know, Deshaun is on the field this year. I don't know if that's the transition into talking about Watson, but anyway, kind of the huge looming thing hanging over the whole Texan season and kind of that whole division, right? I mean, this is the NFL cap. Like we, we got to get used to not dancing around tough topics about yeah, players uh, with this uh, shit, you know, uh, it doesn't mean we need yeah. to break down what happened or what didn't happen or what he's accused of. You know, apparently he has a thing for, uh, getting massages and he grossly takes advantage of his high profile status according to the accusations and in terms of like what's playing out um, in a court of law well we don't really know no one seems to know whether or not the Houston police are involved is a whole nother matter so the point is he's got some serious shit going on that's outstanding with no resolution in sight so one thing that um, we discussed was coming up with any potential breakout players who might exist on any of these teams. And for potential breakout players for me, for the Texans, I wrote Deshaun Watson. And you may be wondering, how is that possible? Well, I think he's either going to have to break out of the Houston Texans organization or he's going to have to break out of prison. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. Yeah, because I just yeah. don't see him being there. I just don't. He he. Let's. He wants out before any of this shit happened. All of this just clouding his opinion of of Houston even more. He doesn't. He doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't. It's not like this going on has. Sure, it's hurt his leverage in terms of demanding a trade, but I don't think it's changed his desire to get out. If anything, it might have just magnified it more. Um, I can't see him playing for them again, personally. I'm surprised that it took us this long to get to him, but. Yeah, yeah, 22 women uh, is the final count or so far, the count as it stands right now. So can't imagine that he's going to be able to put that in the rear view. Uh, the Texans have been super quiet about what's going to be going on with uh, Deshaun, Te Deshaun uh, Watson. Uh, David Culley, their new head coach, was uh, not able to say anything about Deshaun Watson when he's asked at OTAs so in the past few days. Yeah. So, I, your guess is as good as mine. Like, we were talking before we got on here about uh, Tyrod Taylor, who 
surprise me as their backup right now. Honestly, if you're replacing, yeah, th that's a pretty good signing. Honestly, like if you're replacing Deshaun Watson with Tyra Taylor, who for some reason got stabbed in the lung last year and missed the rest of the season or lost his job to, to I, Justin Herbert in LA. But yeah, go ahead. Absolute insanity. Just absolutely yeah. insane. That whole story. I mean, totally. right before, right before the game, right before the first game, like just anyway. So that leads to Taylor never playing or playing very sparingly, if at all last year for the Chargers. Giving and then now he has this opportunity, you know, um, with Houston. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, can he be as? I mean, they're not as good as what Dallas had, but could he do what you know Andy Dalton did for Dallas and just be a band aid quarterback, or could he kind of come back, emerge as a starter, and you know maybe play two years? We'll see. Well, I mean, everything is in the air with the whole Deshaun thing. But honestly, I've always liked Tyrod as a player and um yeah i just think they could have done a lot worse or had to throw a rookie into the like into the fire right away i don't think this is that bad i think that i am very confident the more we talk about it that they're going to be the worst team in the nfl because as i look at like their ranks last year off on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball um defensively they were 32nd in the league against the past or against the rush, sorry, dead last, 24th against the pass. So 27th overall out of 32 teams on defense. Offensively, they had the, the 31st rushing attack, second worst rushing attack in the league, but they had the fourth overall passing offense. So their one strength was passing the football. If you look at the weapons, yeah. you know, Will Fuller's gone, but Deshaun Watson is such a spectacular talent at the quarterback position. Like, I love his game so, so much. I, I would imagine oh. we all do. Like, anyone who's watching so that, yeah. so special. So, for him to bring that cast of players, minus DeAndre Hopkins, right, as the fourth best passing offense in the NFL last year, to me, is like omens work. Like, that is just mind-boggling to me. I couldn't believe they were rated that highly. He just finds yeah. a way, well, no matter who's around him. Take him out of the mix. Like what you're talking about with Tyrod Taylor, like, yes, Tyrod Taylor in an ideal situation with pieces around him could do a serviceable job in a similar type of offense because he's dual threat, yeah. I guess. But I just think they're going to be terrible. Well, and not to take anything away from Watson, who I believe led the league in, in passing last year, they were down a ton early, Always. a lot. So they're chucking the ball a ton. So, hey. I'm not trying to like be a devil, be devil's advocate or anything. I love, I love his game. I, he's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, just speaking to who he's throwing the ball to, it was like, it was a whole lot of Kiki Kute last year. You know, like not exactly the, the normal guys that he's had. Well, I mean, losing Hopkins. Right. But like to still put up those numbers, even if you are, uh, down and you have to throw the ball a ton, like he's, he was fantastic. He had another great year. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of – it's a great point to bring up, first of all, that they're naturally going to have maybe better better passing numbers because they're always playing from behind, for sure. I think it, it's got a part of it attributed to having such a terrible collection of running backs. Um, mm -hmm. Offensive line being ravaged outside of Laramie Tunsil. Who do they have to pave the way? Yeah. Um, and I, But I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL – over half of them who started most well maybe not half, a third of the team started 
going down early most games and they they didn't have a prolific passing attack. So that's just like the other, like you said though, like, yes, Watson's great. We yeah. all agree he's great. So for um, sure. But anyways, I think they're going to be terrible. I think yeah. they're going to be terrible. We agree with that. Like um, we're 20 minutes into this. We're talking about the Texans. They're going to be horrible. Um, yeah. That's the preview. Like I wrote down for each team, the good, the bad, as as two of the headlines, like pro- strengths and weaknesses. For the good, I wrote nothing. For the bad, I wrote everything. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, just, there you go. So let's let's move on. That's a good segue, Bodan. You're okay. right. This is enough time. Unless any of you guys want to add anything. One else. last thing. Yeah. Do we know if they have their pick next year? Ooh. They must. That's, that's, they're basically, if you're a Texans fan, you should be watching college football. You should be watching Saturdays more than Sundays. Yeah, I, I think they don't have it. Yeah, oh, Bill O'Brien. They might be able to sell some pieces. Oh my God! According to what I'm, according to right away. According to what I'm looking at, they don't have a pick in the first three rounds. Have like 2022. That's what it says. Unless it's just not determined, and they have them all. So let's no, not no, speculate. No. They should have. So they should have their first round. Okay. So you should, that's, yeah. You're going to get Spencer Rattler and you're going to start rebuilding your team if you're a Texas fan. So enjoy yourself. Just don't don't watch on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, you might see the rejuvenation of Philip Lindsay's career. Maybe he'll chalk up some, some exciting yards between the tackles. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've already talked about them a fair bit just because of how – you know, having those picks, we did a bunch of draft coverage and them picking first overall and having two first rounders and a bunch of picks certainly made them a topic of discussion here on the Bucks Banter podcast. Um, mm-hmm. When do you guys want to kick us off and just kind of chat chat about the Jags a little bit? I, I'd like to talk about Urban Meyer coaching professionals because I don't see I like. I don't see it going well at all at all. Like he's a lunatic for losing, you know, and that's, and that's when, you know, the terrible down seasons when he went 12 and one at Florida or Ohio state and he's having panic attacks or whatever, I'm not trying to make light of any sort of issues, but let's see if they actually happen. Anyway. Um, I, like they're going to go three and 13 or four and 12 and he's supposed to just keep it keep it on the on the rails for four straight months here, like of, a, of an NFL season. I just don't see it. And, you know, known for coaching college guys super hard is, you know, they're only there for a few years. You, it, it rotates, like it, it filters in and out. I don't know if these pro guys, like if he's going to have their ear. I, I just, obviously he's a great coach. He's a, he's a great football mind. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but, you know, it's going to be bad. Like they're going to be bad. And this is his first NFL job. And yeah, they have Trevor Lawrence and that's very exciting. First overall pick and he's, he's probably going to be fantastic, but it's super hard to win. And it's super hard to win enough to actually make the playoffs and then do anything in the playoffs. So I, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't know where you guys are with that hire. Cause I think that's where, I mean, unless you want to start with Lawrence, but it all, I th- think the Meyer thing is where you have to start with the Jags. You're right. Uh, Urban Meyer, you have to start there. Urban Meyer, when I think of him, I think of him burning super hot at the start, and which is going to be really tough with the Jags. But do I think he's going to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2024? I doubt it. 
I feel like yeah. he's not going to last that whole whatever the contract he lasted he signed for. He's not going to last for the whole time. Yeah, there's going to be some frustrations. There's going to be a lot of uh, turnover in that roster. More or probably not as much turnover as he would like in that roster in the first two or three years. Um, yeah. But I, I just I just picture him burning super hot at the start and and uh, fading very quickly as well. For sure. And then if any of the big college jobs come open, he's going to be the number one candidate. Like, it's not like he doesn't have a, you know, any sort of landing spot, like Florida State or Notre Dame or something like that. Who knows what's going to happen with Brian Kelly? Like, I I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't know if it's going to be like Bobby Petrino leaving in the middle of the night or whatever from the Falcons to go, uh, to go coach Arkansas. But uh, like, it's just so different. And it's, uh, he's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I think it's going to be tough for him. I think, uh, I think you're, you're totally justified in, uh, having, having those opinions, both of you. And I'm not about to disagree with you either. I think, um, I think it's going to come down to like, like I, so you said yourself, Urban Meyer is a smart football mind. We all can agree on that certainly a very accomplished head coach in his time off that he's had to recuperate away from being a head coach. Um, you got to imagine he had his eyes set on the NFL and was using that time to familiarize himself with the potential opportunities he might have. And, um, yeah. and, you know, adjusting to the completely different league that it is and how it operates. So you got to, maybe he's developed some sort of patience. Like maybe, maybe he is prepared for, he has a two year plan or something. Um, you know, I think you said it last pod, Scott, like obviously Trevor Lawrence is likely a big reason why he took the job. So that's a nice play building block to start with. Um, so certainly you're right. The Jags are not there yet. Um, they're in a, they're in the middle of a rebuild, a major rebuild, and they, they do have some yeah. young talented pieces. Um, and we'll see what happens. The other aspect is Trent Balky, their GM. I kind of like him, what he's done before. I think he's a smart guy. So um despite they had maybe some fun in free agency too sorry to cut you off they had some fun in free agency too yeah. uh picked up shaquille griffin uh jihad ward as well added carlos hyde to the group of running back that running back room as well too so um interesting uh philip dorsett as well too jamal agnew um well, they've got dorsett. a few guys they're yeah. young they're, they're young they got young talent right they got some guys i mean um I mean, one guy I think is going to have a major breakout for them this year is Josh Allen, the edge rusher yeah. out of Kentucky a couple of years ago. Oh, Super yeah. excited for him to come back too. I, yeah. I, I loved watching him rookie year. I think he had like 10 sacks, 10 and a half sacks, something like that. He set a record for the Jags. So was that was going to be my breakout guy. He stole from me. We're even. <laughs> well, yeah. Dude, we're going to always fight over these Kentucky guys, I guess. Hey, John and Davis and uh, Josh Allen. That's so yeah, funny. You're right because you won. You you won John no. Davis. Yeah. Known 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 football powerhouse Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Buccaneers nope. uh, strong safety Mike Edwards also out of Kentucky played with Josh Allen there. There you go. Uh, yeah, and like, I mean I like I don't like where they drafted ETN. Obviously we already discussed that, but I like ETN and I like their their running back duo. You know, like I think that's going to help. Um, well, my my. I don't know about breakout guy. Definitely, my guy to watch is ETN. I'm just curious to see what they do with them. 
because I, he can do a little bit of everything. Maybe he's going to be returning kicks, uh, line him up in the slot. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe like a little Curtis Samuel-ish from the Panthers, like get him the ball in all sorts of ways. Urban Meyer has been, I mean, I had to watch him at Ohio State literally with Curtis Samuel, um, you know, use all these guys in, in different um, different parts of the field, get them the ball in space. And I think that's going to be the goal. Probably get the ball out of Lawrence's hands really quickly too. Not that they don't, not that they're not going to let him, but you know, let him in, ease into games and um, not get his head knocked off. I think would also be a huge goal for this season. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, just just something to think about. And sorry, just one more Meyer point. I obviously he knew what he was getting into taking Jacksonville. I'm just curious for him if okay, talking about the rebuild, you know, it's not who knows. But then it's, you know, October 24th and they're one and seven and they just lost by 35. Like when you're actually in it, I'm just curious to see how he reacts because he also has zero poker face and he's going to be like puking in press conferences after every every loss. Right. So that's that's more where I'm coming from with him. Obviously, I knew he was. Yeah, he knows what he signed up for, but let's see what actually happens when it's in it. He's already proven he has no poker face because you don't normally hear a head coach admit they wanted someone else in the first round uh, to, to, and then tell everyone who it was. They wanted Kadarius Tony and had to settle for Travis Etienne. It's like, dude, just, like as a fan, <laughs> as a fan, I love getting that sort of intel. But in reality, like you're the head coach leader of that franchise. How's that make Etienne feel? And then and then the next week they're running him at wide receiver is the report. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a when he said that bulky, like the or the Jags GM, it must just have been that like Ben Affleck gift when he's just like, oh, and he's got the dart hanging out of his like he's just like, oh my god, I gotta take my kids to another practice or what you know, like oh, just kill me. Totally, their their press yeah. conferences together are have been actually quite funny, like exactly like what you're saying. I don't know if you've seen any, but it, like like he you had Urban Meyer being like, yeah, you know, Trent's telling me I really gotta understand, and you know, coaches want. Coaches want position. We want to draft for positional need, but Trent keeps telling me we got to take best available. So he's like, so I'm really working on that. So he's, he, he, you're right. He's he's got a terrible poker face. You called that right on. Um, I can't stand. If you're, him. I'm if trying to actually be nice. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked we've gotten this far without you just having a full flip out. But well, uh, I, I was going to say, go ahead. Job being objective there, I, I think yeah. I was pretty fair. I I totally. can't stand him. I fucking I I really don't. I can't stand looking at his face. I can't stand anything about him. I wonder why. Um, it's not even just the Ohio State. I I promise it's not just the Ohio State thing. It was at Florida. It was at Utah. The whole thing. Bowling Green. I had no issue. I had no issue with him at Bowling Green, I promise. But anyway. He, he started at Notre Dame, too. Special teams, I believe, way back when. Yeah. 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 Well, everyone thought he was going to eventually uh, take that Notre Dame job. Yeah. Um, another guy I like is C.J. Henderson, the cornerback, first round. So their last couple first-round picks I've, I've liked. You know, you got Josh Allen, C.J. Henderson last year, and then in this past draft, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. So those are some nice, exciting young players, at least. Um, they're going to have the 13th easiest strength of schedule. Um, I didn't mention because it doesn't matter for the Texans. They have the 11th easiest schedule. Um, yeah. and, and naturally a division's strength of schedule is going to be very comparable within the division because they play each other, uh, so many times, of course. Yeah. yeah no, 
well, for Urban Meyer, I think that's a, a good point for like kind of why he took this job, not just that they got the number one overall pick, but also this is a good division to cut your teeth in in the NFL. Um, that's fair. It's fair. pretty wide open. Like there's no consensus, like 100% these guys are going to be good for a long time type of team in here. Um, so, and the Jags are kind of set up to do that. They've got a lot of like, from what you're saying, uh, CJ Henderson, Josh Allen. Um, I, I didn't mind their wide receivers last year for some reason. I like um, LaVisca Cheneau. I like yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, they've got a lot of talent on that team. You're adding a coach who isn't a veteran of the NFL, but he's a veteran of good football. So who knows? Who knows for uh, the Jags? They, they could easily be the surprise team. I think the NFL will be kind of pushing for them to be the surprise team to have Trevor Lawrence's blonde hair on, on uh, primetime games as much as possible would be great for the NFL. So we'll see what happens. For sure. Um, okay. I think, are we good here? Do you guys want to move on to the, uh, the better teams within the division? Yeah. yeah pretty uh, top half. Yeah, pretty defined uh, upper tier, lower tier as far as the top two and the bottom two in this in this group, eh? For sure, and it's not because the top two teams are so great. It's just because the the status yeah. of the two teams we've just talked about. Um, yeah. So, like Bo said, man, it totally like you know you know if if things were to click for the Jags, I mean it. it I like how you said that, Bodan. It's uh, maybe could yeah. likely a big reason why he also wanted to sink his teeth into this opportunity. I think uh, they're like four and twelve, five or no, four and thirteen, five and twelve kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. Lawrence, if Lawrence is really good. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, the NFL. There's so many guys who, like who who need to yeah. things yeah. to click. Yeah. It's not like the NBA. We got five guys on the floor, and a couple new pieces can just change things dramatically yeah. right away. Yeah. Um, exactly. So it will be an uphill battle to whatever result they arrive at come season's end. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, let's talk uh, about the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I mean, last year, the Colts were really solid, being one of the few teams ranking in top 10 of offensive and defensive rating, which is, in any no matter what sport we're talking, that's a huge key to success, right? They have a very well-rounded roster. Um, biggest things to mention, I think, they lost their their steady left tackle. Their offensive line has been so solid, but Anthony Costanzo retired. Um, they did end up um, they did end up signing Eric Fisher from the Chiefs, but he's a torn Achilles. So, um, I mean, that is not going to be an immediate thing. And I think that you combine a no left tackle with Carson Wentz at quarterback, e quite the combination there. So, yeah. just to kind of intro the 2021 Indianapolis Colts. Not sure who wants to chime in here. This would be the best team in the NFL or one of the best teams in the NFL if they didn't have to play offense. Um, they, I love their defense so much. Uh, yeah. I have down as their strengths is DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, neither Xavier Rhodes or Justin Blackman. Uh, three levels. you got three guys who are going to try to challenge for those all pro positions. Um, I just love what they do on defense. They're swarmed to the ball. Um, can't really run on them. They're really good. And, yeah, when I was looking at their offense, I just – yeah, the Anthony Costanzo thing sticks out. 
I think they might actually miss Philip Rivers as as frustrating as it was to watch him last year. Um, I was looking at their stats: uh, 20th in pass attempts, 11th in pass yardage, but the ninth fewest interceptions. So they're getting chunk plays on not a lot of attempts. Um, they're trusting Justin Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor, with the with the ball, who I think we'll get to. Kind of all expecting that he's going to just build off of that rookie season that he was fairly dominant for them too. So I, I, I love the Colts defense. I hate their offense. I hate Carson Wentz. I'm going to clear it for Scott because I think he can just bring us home with the Carson Wentz point here. Yeah, I mean, well, oh, I uh, defense is their defense is fantastic. I mean that. Uh, that playoff game against the Bills was obviously an awesome watch last year. Kind yeah. of came down to the end. Uh, I, I think, I mean, they had Rivers had to try to throw a 50-yard heave, which I don't think he could ever do, and he certainly couldn't do last season. So that was something. Um, but I, it, it, I don't know exactly what was going on with Wentz's confidence, what was going on with Philadelphia, with the fact that they drafted Hurts, all this stuff. Maybe it was. Maybe this is a classic. Um, you know, just needed to get out, uh, get refreshed, whole new thing. But I don't. I don't see it. Like I thought, it was more than just that. Watching so many Eagles games last year, like he looked absolutely lost on the field, and just negative plays, taking bad sacks, taking killer sacks. You know, taking them out of field goal range, things like that. It was happening every single game. Or yeah. You know, driving down four, and oh, here comes a pick six. Like, yeah, I don't. Obviously, like, let's not write him off. He's in what his fifth year or whatever it is. You know, and he's shown that he can play in the league. But I'm seriously leaning towards him being, you know, uh, like Brian Hoyer, just being a yeah. kind of a backup quarterback for the next eight to ten years. I truly think that, and I guess we'll find out pretty early how it goes with the Colts, but I, I, I think it's a big issue. I, I, I'm, I'm super, super hesitant about them. I wish we, it's more fun when we disagree on something, but I think we're all united in our opinion on <clears throat> Carson Wentz. I, I personally would see him more transitioning into the Brock Osweiler point of his career than Brian Hoyer. Um, the, the thing about the Colts that's interesting, like talking about their success in recent years, I really believe in the regime in place with Chris Ballard as the GM and Frank Reich as their head coach. I think they do a great job, and I think they have the ultimate confidence in themselves, obviously. Um, but I do think that Carson Wentz is a disaster, and I don't I, – I can't believe – like Frank Reich obviously worked with him during his best years. Yeah. Sure. I get that, and I understand that. But, man, were you did you watch any of his tape last year before you decided to bring him in and take on, like, that contract? Like, to me, that is – so that goes against I, – I just complimented them, but that, that to me is a major concern because, like you, Scott, likely for the same reason, I watched way more Philadelphia Eagles games than I wanted. Um and when you have money, there is no one. Yeah. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are the two guys you do not want to have money riding on in any way, shape, or form. Or your job. Like, uh, for kids. Frank Reich, and, like, I, it's so tough. Like, I, I can't even think of – I can think of, like, a few good Carson Wentz series from last year. 
but I can't really think of a good Carson Wentz game. Um, and yeah, he was bad. We were talking about Jalen Hurts and maybe that got to him, but he was bad way before Jalen Hurts was even in the conversation of taking that job. Well, and you can't you make any excuses for Carson Wentz about the rock. Like Philly fans would be like, oh, the roster was so banged up. Everyone was hurt. We didn't have Alshon Jeffrey. Our O-line was decimated. Well, Jalen Hurts came in and was far more productive and far yeah. more efficient as a fucking rookie who can, who is not known for his passing acumen. Um, yeah. So that that alone is is a, a, another indictment on Wentz, if you ask me. I First of all, sorry, just – I love how we can have quarterbacks in the NFL that aren't known for passing. You know, like, hey, <laughs> kind of a big part of the position. I don't know. Like, uh, let's let's make sure he's good at throwing the ball. I don't, it, that's always funny. That, yeah, got to work on his accuracy. Oh, just just has to work on on his accuracy. Eh? Other than that, you can throw it really hard. Like, uh, it's it's such a crazy thing to me. Insert Ben Simmons debate. Yeah. yeah, well, fair enough. Because that's how I feel about Ben Simmons personally. But he also plays defense. He also plays true, defense. but there, there's also a lot more, a lot more of those jobs. Like we have 32 NFL quarterback jobs, and we can't fill them every year. Like they literally, there, there's a team every year, if not multiple teams, that are just completely sad about their quarterback situation. Speaks to how hard the job is. Speaks it's to so how tough. hard it is. Yeah. And, just the mental side of it, in addition to all the things that the basic football fan sees physically, you know, it's a whole nother world. Um, and that's why so many coaches, uh, Frank Reich, for example, weren't the most successful as players, but they make really good head coaches or offensive coordinators. They had the mental side down, but maybe couldn't execute or didn't have the physical gifts that some do. You really have to have both. Yeah, it's like Dan Orlovsky is a fascinating follow and, you know, you learn stuff listening to him or, or reading his tweets and stuff like that, but obviously couldn't do it at the highest level, which isn't a yeah. knock, but, that's, but just not everyone can. Um, anyway, so yeah, to, I don't know, wrap it up with the quotes. I think we think Wentz sucks, so I don't know how they're favored over the Titans to win this division, like in betting markets. I think that's, it's close. I saw the Colts at plus 105 and the Titans at plus 115, but like, Oh, give me that Nashville candy on the plus one fifteen. Are you kidding? Yeah. The, yeah. the one the one thing uh I, I love the Colts. We all love the Colts defense, and I think that's probably why they have that that favorite spot. Their one weakness on that defense that they're they're missing is that they're replacing Danico Autry with uh Quiddy Pay. Um so that's gonna be kind of kind of tough, right? That's that's the one weakness on that defense, but you have so many um, good guys. Excuse you, sir. Excuse you, sir. Cody Pay is gonna walk into a Hall of Fame career <laughs> as soon as okay. he straps it up on in week one. All right. How dare oh, well, you? Pay and then he's gonna drive to Jacksonville. He's gonna suplex Urban Meyer, and it's gonna be a whole thing. But okay, yes. All Michigan stuff aside, it's that is a. He'll have to prove it. He'll have to prove it right away. It's it's yeah. tough to think that a guy with that production at Michigan is going to have a step up when he gets to the Colts. But if you're going to do it anywhere, it's probably on that defense because you're going to get a lot of one-on-ones. And that's what the hope would be for him, as mm -hmm. I think we mentioned before. But that would be like, okay, let's see if he can just shed one guy and go get after the quarterback. So didn't yeah. have a ton of those opportunities because he was uh, – Kind of by far the best player on the line in college. So, and in doing these uh, team by team 
previews within the the division we we had at least i had suggested we each identify a breakout player clearly we're, we've ended up just shooting the shit about these teams more than anything else but i do want to just you know take another opportunity to confess my love for jonathan taylor as a young running back in the nfl bo mentioned him early um i love jonathan taylor i think he finished like third in rushing this season and they didn't even give him the reins to be their bell cow even after marlon mack went down yeah. uh week one which shocked me because i had plenty of shares in jonathan taylor's success last year uh, but he overcame he overcame like you know inconsistent opportunities to be highly productive still um and i expect really big things from him moving forward i think he's gonna be like top top caliber running back um tough durable super athletic deceivingly fast good enough hands his good hands actually yeah. Um, so really peculiar usage by Frank Reich last season. Funny, I opened this off by complimenting the coaching, his coaching, but now I've criticized him twice since. Yeah. Um, but I think they would have been a lot more successful last season had they committed to him as their bell cow earlier. They were given a lot. He got better. He got better as the year went along too. Yeah, but I, I think he got better because he got more more chances. Exactly. Right? They yeah. were they had this short leash on him, which I which I hate. I hate the old school coaching. Oh, guy. Just pulling a, a, a rookie because he doesn't makes one mistake. Like I don't know. I'm more of the empowerment. I guess that's easy as a armchair head coach watching on TV. But um, and then the only other thing I didn't like about it is you, they bring Naeem, Naheem Hines as their third down back, who's a really serviceable third down back. He's a good pass catcher, very good pass catcher and receiver. So I get it. But I it just was had me thinking about like they're really like the having a third down back as your receiving back is all well and dandy and tons of teams utilize it. But if you have a Christian McCaffrey or a, a you know, a guy you can rely on all three downs at, at the running back position, it is a distinct advantage because you're not giving your hand every time you sub in that new, that new running back thinking, okay, they're not handing it off. It's going to be a pass no matter what, like at least the threat of it remains. If you got that same running back in there, all three down. So that's just a little something that kind of popped into my head. Scotty, you might be muted, buddy. There Sorry. we are. Um, just piggybacking off of the, you know, the third down back. It's unbelievable how valuable it is. Like, it, it's not just, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. A lot of these situations, it's no, this person literally determines what we're, uh, you know, is it a, is it a pass? It's like James White with the pet with the Pats, right? Like, how many yeah. how many times did he actually get the ball? Like, it's all it's the value of having someone who can just catch the ball out of the backfield. And to me, that's always seemed crazy to me. I guess it's because running backs are so used to just getting the ball and running and, and they're not working on it as much, but you don't have to have like a top flight receiver back there. You just have to have someone that can catch a swing pass or maybe beat a linebacker in, in the flat, like just anything like that. It just adds, it's such a, it's such a big difference. So that was just a great point, boom. I'm glad you brought that up. And and it's something that like for example bringing it back to the Bucks. I mean, this is Bucks banter. Uh, like Ronald Jones is such an effective runner of the football, but that motherfucker can't catch a football, and it's just yeah. it's really plagued him in terms of his value to the team. And then even a guy who's like they had uh, Lenny Fournette, who is not a good pass catcher, but he was good enough and serviceable. He, he proved to be really solid 
throw yeah. just whip it at Brady's like I'm just gonna whip it right in between your numbers and you just gotta hold on. And yeah. he did that. Ronald Jones has to be able to at least do that because he would be so much more dynamic. But and the the killer part with Jones is get him in open in the open field and like he's he's gone. But you just you gotta catch the ball first. And also they have all those guys running down the field, all those receivers, the tight ends. It's like if there's so much potential for their running backs to be catching stuff out of the backfield and, and making plays. It's like you, you would just hope that uh, Jones would be able to be that guy for him because he's obviously incredibly fast and shifty and yeah. For sure. So um, one other uh, breakout guy. Oh if, yeah. Thanks. If we are completely wrong about Carson Wentz, if for some reason he has a breakout year, um, Michael Pittman's going to have a breakout year too. Mm, um, good one. Big wide receiver, huge catch radius, cover up a ton of Carson Wentz's mistakes if he mm. can find him downfield. So that's uh, if we if we are wrong, uh, your game to game on Michael Pittman over on the receiving yards will be a good bet. Body brought up Pittman, Bo for sure. He's got all the tools. Um, that's it. That's a squad. I don't want. I've specifically ordered my co-host to not talk about Julio Jones because I want to save that for our live show on Monday. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but he would, I mean, the Colts could sure as hell use Julio Jones, but he, he <laughs> yeah. like that would ch- change things pretty, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Well, let's finish it off. We've covered three teams. We started with the Texans. We transitioned into the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we have just finished talking about the Indi- Indianapolis Colts. Uh, which leads us to the Tennessee Titans. Who wants to kick off the Titans, boys? I can jump in here. I, I haven't I haven't taken one all by myself yet. But uh, Titans, 11-5 and five last year. Mike Vrabel, of course, the head coach. Lost in the wild card to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think that was that's not a fun game to watch. I don't know how you guys remember. Oh, that was I, that was the brutal punt by Vrabel, right? The punt call? Brutal. Bad oh. punt, punt call. Good to see Lamar get his first win, and it had to come at the hands of uh, of the Tennessee Titans, at least. So, uh, strength here. Run the ball. Derrick Henry. Just give him the ball and let him run forward. Um, weaknesses, they just can't stop the pass. Um their secondary is awful. They got rid of a lot of those guys. They got rid of uh, Malcolm Butler, got rid of uh, Dory Jackson, um, Kenny Vaccaro also got cut. So they don't really – they got rid of a bunch of guys on on defense. They drafted Caleb Farley in the first round, uh, addressed a bunch of that in free agency as well with Janoris Jenkins and uh, Kelvin Johnson coming their way. They picked up Danico Autry from – the uh, Colts as well, and Bud Dupree. So, Vrabel, obviously a linebacker uh, from New, New England days, knows the value of defense, tried to shore that up in the offseason. So, see if that works out for them. But, I don't know. What do you guys think? He's Vrabel's clearly betting on the pass rush, investing in the pass rush, in hopes that that will help their pass defense. Because you're right, they have an atrocious pass defense. And, I mean – yeah, they got rid of a Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler. I'm not so sure those two players are the problem. Those are talented sure. cornerbacks. So, and then they, you're replacing them with an ultra talented Caleb Farley um, with their first overall 
first round selection. They also got a cornerback out of Washington, Elijah Molden, who a lot of people liked coming out. I, I can't, I didn't watch a ton of Elijah Molden, but I've heard a lot of good things. Um, so you're ultimately replacing some proven veterans in your secondary at the cornerback position with two rookies and, and Caleb Farley has tons of injury concerns. So yes, you can shore up that front four. Um, and they, they have a pretty imposing front four now. Um, but I really worry about their vulnerability as def- in defending the pass not being improved, if much, if if at all. Um, and then, yeah, and then the other thing I think is a concern for them is their wide receiver depth, their pass catcher depth. Um, yes, you, you know they 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 lost their tight end, they they lost their number two receiver in Corey Davis, who of course is out out of the lineup more than he's in it. He actually just. Oh hurt his shoulder today yeah. um, what like getting peanut butter or something <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah and it sucks because Corey davis is super talented but it's pre- it's just so clear he's a role player you know he's it's like andrew wiggins in the nba not to bring it back to the nba I just that's how my mind works that's okay hey you're among friends yeah yeah <laughs> uh and i think aj brown's great but i also and everyone's gushing about the targets he's going to get from a fantasy perspective and for sure targets will amount to production. And AJ Brown is a damn good football player, but he is not the type. And and I don't even know if there is a type these days who can carry the load all on their own. And Tannehill Tannehill has been, he's one of those guys who has exceeded my expectations year after year, the last few years. And I owe him some respect. Like I'll tip my cap to Ryan Tannehill, former wide receiver, uh, more than capable as a passer to be successful in the NFL. He's really impressed me. He's tough, all that good stuff. Um, but I don't think, like, to, with just A.J. Brown out there, man, I'm, I'm worried about their receiving as well. So the passing, defending the pass, and having a passing attack that is, you know, anywhere close to threatening to opposing defenses is a major concern for them. Helps to have the yeah. best running back in the game, for sure, but predictable. It's, it's super tough scene for their receiving group or receiving room. Uh, Johnny Smith and Corey Davis just leaving and they didn't really address it. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you hope that they'll carry over as when I was looking at their offense, I think they weren't as bad as I thought. Uh, fourth and points scored. Um, so they can put points up. And obviously a lot of that is, a lot of that is Derrick Henry. Just as soon as you get to the red zone, it seems like it's a, it's a, it's you're putting up six at least. Um, yeah, they were 23rd yeah. though in, in passing offense last year before losing those guys. Yeah, they were so good at, at running the ball, too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Johnny Smith and Corey Davis, and then you just you didn't address it in free agency. I can't even think of who they got in the draft, uh, outside of uh, Caleb Farley, but obviously that's not a good sign. So, yeah, I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna throw the ball in what is obviously a passing league so i i still think i think we all like just spoiler alert um we all kind of have the titans as winning this division somehow but i don't know how they're gonna move the ball other than derrick henry yeah that might be enough though i think they're just the team i trust the most um out of the four they clearly have holes like you guys breaking that down that that's for sure issues at receiver. I mean, I don't know if it's a potential Julio spot, maybe, but yeah, I think I just trust him the most. I also think, I think Tannehill is really good or at least a 
better than average. I think he's the best quarterback in the division. Like if there's no Deshaun. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just would feel the most comfortable taking them to win it, but they're, they're not without their flaws and, you know, Hey, Vrabel literally punted that game away against Baltimore. They were in it. Right. And yeah. that was, that was tough. I know they beat him the year before, but I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if he coaches any differently or if he, uh, if he takes that loss kind of to heart and uh, implements anything, but um, interesting team for sure. It's uh this whole division breaking it down. It's just made me realize like how it, the whole division lacks quality wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All in these four teams are just not like, sorry, not to, you know, dampen our preview here, but there's not a ton <laughs> to get excited about, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the, the Buck, the Buccaneers have more good receivers in this entire division combined. You could argue. Yeah. 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 If they were, if there was like an AFC South team, they'd be like, we'd be like, yeah, they can't throw the ball though. Yeah. 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 The, the all star team. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're going to have to pound the ball with Derrick Henry. Yeah. All right. So the four of us, we're just going to give it to Henry because he's bigger than everyone. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. Do any players on the Titans, gentlemen, that you think have breakout potential this year who could be a name that becomes a little more household after this season unfolds? Yeah. The only guy I had written down was, uh, and this is uh, just their. Their corn last year that they picked, uh, Christian Folson, basically didn't play last year. Uh, injuries and COVID. Um, I think he only played like four or five games. I can't remember. But cornerback at LSU, um, slipped to the second round, should have been a first rounder. Um, fairly big corner, man to man guy. So mm. they need help at and their secondary as well too. So it should get some opportunities at least in the slot, maybe playing the nickel. Um, so yeah, that's that's who I would guess would be their breakout guy if they if they do have one. Great, great cornerback name too, Christian Fulton. Yeah, just, just kind of sounds locked down. Yeah, me. I don't know. I why. would go. I would Fulton go. Brown. I would go Brown just from a volume perspective, but I like I kind of echo what you were saying earlier. Boom! Like I don't. To me, he's more like the oh my god, and they also have that guy. Guy, you know, like yeah. Is he the? Is he the third down guy? Is is he the one you're? Uh, you know, you're kind of banking ninety catches and thirteen hundred yards. I don't like. I mean, I just picked him as a breakout guy, but like I said, I think that's more just um, out of necessity as opposed to you know, how good he actually is, but whatever that, 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 you know, if he gets the targets and he does it, then good for him. Uh, it's obviously possible. I just think it's too easy for NFL coaches today to just be like, okay, we're just not going to let that guy beat us. Totally. And AJ Brown, especially, I look at him much more as a guy downfield, taking the top off of a defense. I don't see him as one of those guys that gets it on those quick slants and, and goes and things like that. I see him on those go routes. I see him like digging out and getting to the sidelines. Um, yeah. But I don't see him as being that shifty wide receiver who's going to – you don't know what he's going to do. I think no. everybody – yeah. But then so. – and I'm with you. And that, But he's different, and that doesn't necessarily mean bad Like because he can also take the ball uh, – like get a 
get like catch a crossing pattern and then truck the linebacker and then take it up. Yeah, the he's a freak. Like so, it's it's like different strokes for different folks, I guess. We'll we'll see. I mean, I'm you know, if there's one guy to watch on the team, it'd be him. Gotta wonder if him and Henry are just having like epic gym sessions, right? Like I can't even imagine. Do, do the Titans have enough weight in the in the facility with with those two with Juan just freaking out? I could see it. Don't sleep on Tannehill too. He's he uh, he put out a little video of him carrying like you saw that video of like Derrick Henry with yeah. the flat chain doing the like whatever. I don't even want oh, push-ups or whatever like, on ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like the yeah, the, like oh, slack line push-ups. Um, yeah. one guy who most most people probably wouldn't know about Jeffrey Simmons. So he was drafted in uh, 2018 out of Mississippi State, and he came into the league. So he's about to enter his third year. Um, and he he was drafted with a torn ACL, and I think he could have gone much higher in the draft that year. Um, the Broncos tried to cut him. Uh, <laughs> they, the Broncos. Uh, hey, Denver. Actually, you're actually not in on this call. If you could leave our guys alone, that'd be great. Sorry. <laughs> so he's just like a big, strong defensive tackle, um, and I think he's going to be a real force next year. He showed a lot of signs of that this past season. Um, he actually had like, like, like. PFF graded him really well, um, eighth best at his position, but he does lack some consistency. But just keep an eye out for Jeffrey Simmons kind of becoming a bit more of a name that we all know as a really strong defensive tackle, bringing in Bud Dupree and shoring up that defensive line will only help his cause. So yeah, could be a name we know. He's got all the talent in the world. That defense has to be better, right? Like, I don't know, whatever you think of uh, Bud Dupree and him not playing with TJ Watt anymore, but – the Steelers defense got worse as soon as he got injured last yeah. year. So uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see what they do on defense for sure because it has to be better. There's no there's no other way around it. Yeah, and I like Bud Dupree as an individual player too. So okay. I I think he's a fine signing for them. And the other thing, Cap, like you you've alluded or mentioned directly twice the like Vrabel gaff. Um, Vrabel isn't going to be the like evil genius but the one thing you got to give him credit for is his players play hard for him and he stands up for his players like he's the definition of a player's coach yeah not not necessarily who i want or i want as the glaring attribute of my head coach i want them to be a player's coach to some extent yeah um but it's it's worth mentioning like his players play hard for for sure and there's something there's that's there's a ton of value there and i think that's undeniable based on everything you've heard and read from uh, like coming out of the uh coming out of tennessee so great point um and they like them so that's always good uh all right gentlemen we've we've talked about it uh our projected afc south standings bodan what do you think is, is this just obvious do we not want to talk about it because i think no. i've switched mine really i think i've switched mine throughout the pod Oh, I that's... think I know. I think I know how you switched it too. I've got I've got Ben's Colts, Jets, Texans. It's basically chalk. But same. What do you think? Titans, Colts, Jags, Texans. So I did have that. But the more we're talking about it, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Colts finishing atop the division in spite wow. of Carson Wentz. Yeah, one um, sec. I'm gonna write <laughs> these futures down. Okay. <laughs> that, that's not a future bet, Cap. Yeah. That's it's just still, it's still recorded. I don't yeah. care. Well, you re, like you realize we're on air being recorded right now, right? You don't yeah. Have to write it down. No, he's doing the Ernie Johnson thing where you uh, he, he's going to write it down on a sticky and put it on that wall. Oh Jeez. shit! 
I might really have this. All right. I just want to write it down. All right. It's a nice soothing. Th- if if I, I don't know if it's bugging you or what, but hey. And don't you dare leverage this somehow into me cheering for Carson Wentz at any point. That won't happen. Uh, but they're going to ride the back of Jonathan Taylor and that defense that Bodan loves so much. Find a way to win some games with some good coaching and a poor division. And what if someone goes down? What if AJ Brown gets hurt? He hasn't been the model of durability either during his exactly. short career. If they lose AJ Brown. What the hell are they going to do? They're going to stack teams are going to stack eight guys in the box against Derrick Henry and play two DBs. So just um, it's a possibility. I'm just going against the grain. No, that's fair. Yeah. I, I want to go up, go against the grain because uh, I thought you were going to do something different. And what I was convinced of during our talk. If I was going to go off the board, off the chalk, I'm going Jags, Colts, Titans, Texans. Nice. Wow. So are well, you like, doing what's, it? What's, are you doing what's it? The fu- yeah. What's the future on the Jags winning this division? I have it written down. Let me get it. I have it right here. It's uh, nine to one. Plus 900? Right, Cap? Plus you gonna 800? Yeah. yeah, plus 900, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going. That's I, if you were gonna if you have fifty dollars to put on anything, go get four hundred and fifty dollars on from the Jags. Yeah, because they could just win that division. They've got Trevor Lawrence. They could easily have the best quarterback in this division. They've got a lot to prove though, but the schedule's easy, and it's the Jags. We love Duval. We can keep it in Florida, uh, Bucks fans. So I guess Bo has put us on his back and taken us to our final segment, Back to the Futures, where we each offer a parting future bet for any listeners or viewers. So that's yours, Bo? I'm going, yeah. If I was to get, if I had to pick a future within the AFC South, I don't think there's more value than putting my money. Oh, I'm saying I'm, I'm going to put my money on Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence to take the division. Plus hey, 900. Hey, what? We, not to mention on Tim Tebow's shoulders, who we didn't even mention. We're so, so close, Scott. We were so close. I can't help it. We got to, like, come on, man. All right, that's fine. Put, put, it in the, put it in the description. Oh. Anyway, yeah, well. Yeah, we can put the YouTube video. We can put Tebow in the YouTube video description now, and, and that adds a lot of uh, – We'll get some more clicks from that way somehow. Um, Tebow, Tebow as your starting tight end. Hopefully, he's hoping. Uh, Who knows? What are we do? What are we doing? It's just a courtesy tryout. It's nothing to write home about. Don't worry about it. I think. uh, I. (laughs) I'm sure you have thoughts, Mr. Capron. Well, I was gonna say I think Meyer would offer Aaron Hernandez a tryout if he still could, but I didn't (laughs) think a little much. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah tough tough uh, guy, yeah. guy dances around a, a sexual assault claim under sean watson but just brings up a murder dives in there Hernandez. One pump in the and then he goes up. it's later in the pod we're a little bit more punchy we're a little yeah. bit more freewheeling yeah. what can i say i can tell oh, you i am fair. Um, you're like you're like derrick henry of the pod you've had 24 sips though yeah, exactly. the defense is worn down and just break through the line there. Um, yeah. Instead like of like and carry. subscribe. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my, I would take I would take Tennessee plus one fifteen. Not great, um, not a great price, but I think they're going to win the division. You get plus odds. That's not the worst. So you know, there's a lot of out of the eight divisions, there's a handful that are actually 
you know, minus 150, minus 160 as the, uh, like the front runner. So plus 115, not terrible. Is that yours, Cap? Yeah, that's that'd be me, Tennessee. Because one, I wanted to revisit, uh, you had mentioned in a previous episode, um, off the record per se, that Trevor Lawrence regular season passing yards under 4,200. 4,200. Um, which I thought was an interesting suggestion because, like, the chance of him missing games, you think they're going to kind of protect him. They're not going to be like looking to necessarily maybe air it out. I don't know. I thought, I thought you thought maybe they were reading too much into the extra game and that yeah. that's still a very high number and you were looking at the numbers. So I just wanted to revisit that because I thought that was, yeah, no, that's, that's good. And I had forgotten about it. So thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I would look at that under as well. I just think there's too many ways for it to, go under and 4,200, even with the extra game is still like a great season. Right. So uh, yeah, I'd be looking at that for sure. Yeah. So I had those two, I actually had Jags to win the division down. Not like I'm thinking it's going to happen, but I like the value because it's so much less than the Colts or the Titans. And I think the difference in the odds isn't reflective of how unimpressive the Colts and Titans are respectively. Yeah, Um, That's fair. But uh, if I have to throw out another one, um, so let me be clear. I'm suggesting this future, but I probably won't bet it myself. But Caleb Farley, Defensive Rookie of the Year, 22-1. to 1, uh, If he's healthy, he could be a real playmaker. Um, and based on who they've lost at that position, they're going to they're gonna hope he will be. And he's not playing against great receivers or great passing games in this division that we've already talked about. So who knows? Maybe he comes away with six picks as a rookie or five picks. Like I could see that that happening. Um, so there's a little, little sprinkle potentially Caleb Farley, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, pardon me. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Great price. And if he's going to step in and have to play right away, then that's kind of the first, you know, piece of it with any sort of rookie of the year award is, Hey, are they actually going to play? Yeah. Is the, are they on a real team? Yes. Then, you know, you're kind of, you're checking off two of the big, big, big boxes there. So. Yeah, so I mean, he's got health issues and all that, but he's got he's like a top ten talent coming out of Virginia Virginia yeah. Tech. Just all these injury issues, but we'll see. Um, lots of other rookies I would sooner put my money on though. So take take it as you will. Uh, well, gentlemen, I think we have done an adequate job diving into the AFC South. May not have been pretty, but we got it done. Uh, I don't think there's any questions anyone could possibly ask after listening to this, like (laughs) totally comprehensive, covered it from (laughs) top to bottom, all four teams. Like, I think we, we nailed it. Nice. Well, let's hope our our readers or sorry, listeners feel the same way. Um, And we're going to be back on Monday with our next episode of the Bucks banter podcast. Uh, We'll be going live on Bucks report, as I mentioned off the top. So catch that live, but we'll still put it on our own YouTube channel and have it uh, streamable um, on Apple Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So you can check it out later if you can't catch us live, 7 p.m. this upcoming Monday. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember, like and subscribe on YouTube, as my man Bo likes to say. And uh, we, will, we will catch you around. Thanks for listening. Let's go. Peace.